Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. The cry of God's love rings out across the lands. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours in abundance today. As you listen to his command, which is urgent, come, follow me, I will make you fishers of people. Do you like fishing? Would you please raise your hand if you like fishing? Some of you do, some of you don't. But for those of you who like fishing, you're in luck. This is a very good fishing area. And according to fishingbooker.com, which is the world's largest fishing book platform, Galveston is ranked number two in the U.S. Best fishing in the country. So why is that, you're wondering? Well, one reason is because, and I'm just parroting what they said, so if you have an argument with this, you're going to have to talk to them and not me. But... The reason they said was there's several rivers dumping into the Galveston Bay and the Gulf of Mexico, the Trinity River, the San Jacinto River, the Brazos River, and that creates a very rich ecosystem, all kinds of water, all kinds of places, great for shrimp and crabs and other crustaceans, which means great for fish, because many fish eat those little critters. But there was one thing that the guide said in what I read, talking about is this a good fishing area or not, what makes for a good fishing area. He said, now everybody wants the perfect weather fishing day. However, when the water is rough, when it's not a perfect fishing day weather-wise, that's often the best time for fish activity." Now, when Jesus tells us to be fishers of men, I could stand up here all day and give you parallel after parallel after parallel after parallel of how interesting it is that he would call us fishers of people relating to real fishing in the water like Galveston Bay or Gulf of Mexico. But the one I'd like to focus in on today is it's actually better fishing when the sea is stormy. The perfect situation doesn't always make for all that good of fishing. When people are in a difficult part of life, that often means they're most ready to listen to the Word, aren't they? You've heard of another saying, people don't look up till they're flat on their back. It's it's often true in our lives as well as many others. And so as Jesus tells us, really commands us today, come, follow me, I will make you fishers of people. Keep that in mind and be thinking about who today is in a rough spot, in an unsettling place, and maybe I can go fishing for them, holding out the word of life. God can use me to do that. As we think about Jesus commanding us, to be fishers of people for him while we follow him, know that he did not give himself the perfect situation. What happened when he came to earth? The very first thing was the king tried to murder him. 
And as he started his ministry, which is where we're at today, Matthew chapter 4, look what is going on in verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he withdrew. He backed up into Galilee. The Son of God comes to start his ministry. The forerunner, John the Baptist, is a faithful preacher of God's word. And John the Baptist ends up in prison. He'll never get out. He's going to be beheaded soon. And so Jesus, who isn't a stone, is impacted by that. And he withdraws. He backs up. Jesus had stormy seas when his ministry was getting started out there in the world. And yet he was not disturbed. Yet he did not say, maybe we should wait till things clear up a little bit and then I'll start the, this fishing trip, the fishing for people. No. As was forecasted by the prophet Isaiah in what you have before you there, verse 14 and 15, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Jesus knew people are in the dark. They are in a rough spot. They are helpless. They are paralyzed. They are terrified. It's not going to change unless I do something. And so the light came to the world. Jesus was unafraid and undeterred, even though it was rough out there in the world at the time for sure. He brought the truth to those sitting in darkness. He brought the message, which you find in verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Don't put this off. Don't wait a while yet. The kingdom of heaven has come near now to you. So repent. Is that just a message that was useful around 2,000 years ago along the Sea of Galilee, or is that still important today? You know the answer to that. What does the word repent mean? Because it's important for us today too. Really it means change your mind. That's what the original language word is actually. Metanoio, mind change. If you are going this way into a me-first-my-way lifestyle, do a 180. Repent. Change your mind. And instead of being me-first-my-way, be Jesus-first-His-way. Stop lying to yourself with whatever you come up with. And instead, listen to God's truth. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven, the real deal, the big one, has come near. And repenting, as Jesus is commanding us to do here, is not just for a day or two or for one little part of our life, but it's a lifestyle. Touching everything. As long as we are breathing on this earth, repent, command to follow. Why wouldn't we? Follow me, Jesus says. And the me first, my way side says, well, okay, maybe if it's easy, but you know something, if it gets difficult, if the seas are stormy, or if I don't get that instant success, forget it, I quit. 
Jesus says, come on, follow me. And that me first, my way side says, okay, okay, I'll give a little time in prayer, but not my money. My money is my money. Or the opposite. Come, follow me. Okay, okay, I'll give a little money in the offering plate to this mission thing, but not my time. Uh Uh-uh. Nope, my time is my time. That's what that me first, my way side of us sounds like when resisting Jesus' command, come follow me. Another one is Jesus says, come on, follow me. Oh, you know what? I am all in on that command, Jesus, and I am so glad you are telling us that because he really needs to do that. And so does she. And I am with you. They need to start. Uh, What about you? You see how easy it is to deflect? Come follow me. Okay, I will. I will. Yeah, pastor's really good at that. No, no, no. You, you come follow me. That me first, my way heart is so invasive. It is so natural. So regular. We convince ourselves that We are following Jesus' command, come follow me, but it's half-hearted, it's just a fraction, it's not all in like he was when he came to find us trapped in darkness. So what did Jesus do as he is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, come, follow me, all of you, with all you got. And he's met with this me first Eh, drag our feet, heart. Well, as you're thinking about that, a great story to think about is something that is true that happened many years ago with the Navy SEALs rescuing a hostage from a difficult, remote part of the world. The Navy SEALs flew in by night, a team of them, to rescue these hostages. And they flew in by helicopter. They got their way into the place where the hostages were. They opened the door to the room There the hostages were, curled up in a dark corner, all piled up together. And the seal said, we're Americans, we're here, we're here to free you. Come on, follow me. The hostages didn't move. If they moved at all, they only curled up more tightly in the fetal position. The seals repeated themselves, come on, we're Americans, we're here to free you. Come follow me. The clock is ticking, we don't have much time. The hostages were paralyzed. And then the rescue team was also paralyzed. They didn't know what to do. They couldn't possibly carry all those adults out. One of them finally got an idea. Put down his weapons, crawled over into the corner by where those hostages were. They didn't really move but he just put his arms around them and then waited. Several minutes went by until one of them started to look up, just a little. The seal softened his look on his face and he whispered, we're Americans. We're here to free you. Come, follow me. And after a little bit of time, the first one did. And then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. Very soon, they would all be free, 
safe, protected on home soil. That is exactly what Jesus did to us. When we responded to his command, come follow me, and even before that, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near by curling up more tightly in the dark corner of our life. He was empathetic. He didn't scream in our face. He didn't bully us into how dumb we are to not listen. He softened his look. He came to earth. He mixed with sinful human beings like us, though he wasn't a sinner himself. He lived perfectly. He died innocently. He rose triumphantly. He ascended into heaven and assures us so many things that are wonderful coming our way. Now there is no condemnation for us and God through Christ. Today we can be sure that because God sent His only Son to do that, we will not perish, but will have eternal life. Jesus alone takes our frustrating past, our stormy present, and our gloomy future and changes the whole thing with His light. Our past is forgiven. Our present, He hasn't abandoned us. And the future is as bright as can be because we have heaven to look forward to. Jesus also knows that there's still people in the world, aren't there, who are trapped in the corner, who are hostages to their sin, to Satan, and they don't know any different. They don't even know if there's any possibility of anything being any different. And he says, with vigor, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of people. It's going to be stormy out there. Don't wait for the perfect conditions. Not going to happen. And yet, that can be an advantage. When someone has despaired of this life, when someone is struggling and hurting and afraid, Jesus is the best thing they could ever possibly hear. His life, His death, His resurrection is the best news anyone could ever have happen to them. This weekend at our church, we have an everyone outreach workshop going on. And we spent, many of us spent some time yesterday and we're going to spend some time today too talking about everyone outreach, which is each individual working inch by inch, one little step at a time, one little thought at a time in the direction of what can I do to listen to Jesus, to follow him, to not blame others, to not make excuses, to not wait and hope for something to change that someone else does. But what can I do to follow him? He, he's going to make me a fisher of people. I don't even have to figure it out on my own. And we've really enjoyed time together doing that and encouraging each other. And here are some of the I will statements that some of us said about what they will do to move forward in this direction. I will not overthink outreach. I will not make it more complicated than what it is. I will create a list of people in my life whom I can share Jesus with. 
I will be more curious to new ideas rather than being judgmental. I will take opportunities to invite someone to church. I will pray for opportunities to share Christ and for confidence when those opportunities come. I will remember that this is all about the Holy Spirit, God, not about me. I will be resilient and keep reaching out even when I don't see success happening right away. There were many more, but those are the ones that I remembered that caught my attention the most. Everyone, outreach. Listening to Jesus who has freed us. Sorry. Who has freed us from that dark trap. I know people who are stuck there today. So do you. Follow Jesus. He will make us fishers of people even when it's stormy out there in the lives of people you know. Especially when it's stormy in the lives of the people you know. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.